Imagine that you're living the life of your dreams with the love of your life. That life became everything you thought it could be and so much more until a terminal illness took your loved one from you. The story doesn't end there. This next story will touch your very soul. It will bring you to tears of joy. It will embody overcoming. It will truly embody love. Join me on the other side when I sit down with Allison Miller and her incredible journey called the Odyssey of Love. How she took this deep, dark place of grief and sorrow and turned it inside out and poured love out onto humanity. You absolutely are going to get so much from this. I'll see you on the other side. Well, you made it. This is Austin. This is Flashpoint. Your turnaround story starts here. Uh, today, I have an incredible guest for you, and I want to share something with you right now. This odyssey of love that I've been on for the past six and a half years, it's like a puzzle, really, and I've put the pieces together only as I've traveled the many miles around our country honoring Chuck's final request to scatter his cremains at our favorite places that we'd traveled to. Pieces of that puzzle have come together kind of on their own, and I say on their own because what I've primarily done is suit up and show up. As Chuck said, we all have to do. He knew that he loved me. He knew that he was dying and that I was the kind of woman who would need a mission after his death to keep me going. The first promise I'd made to him was that I'd paint my car pink so that he could find me out on the road. A pink car towing a pink trailer, I knew that would bring people to me, if only out of curiosity, and it would keep me from isolating myself. I'm not going to just settle for what for me would be an ordinary life. Even with more grief than you can bear to carry, you can still keep your heart open and you can go out and love. Wow, I got chills all over. Um, that's why I'm excited. I want you to stay with me over the next 30 minutes. Before we get into the interview and I introduce Allison, I want to highlight the things that we do on the show. Number one, we have the hourglass, and I make sure I get this right. So here we go. We can't live here, which is in the past. The sand has already dropped. We can't get too far here and trying to consume all this stuff at once. We can only live right here in this moment where the sand is coming through the hourglass. So as you're here with me today, live or on the replay, take a breath, be present. What can you get from this today? The next thing is we have the cowbell. And the cowbell is to highlight great moments throughout the interview. If something moves you, stirs you up, excites you, maybe it makes you cry because you needed a release. Type in the word cowbell because you can never have too much cowbell. I have the honor of introducing uh, somebody who's become a, a friend, a close friend, somebody who I actually met out in Arizona, 
when I traveled out to the Grand Canyon, but originally met five years ago through a, a, a close friend named Susan Brossman. Uh, Susan thought this would be a great connection, and it has. Allison has an incredible story because, let's face it, I don't care who you are, you have dealt with loss at some level. And when we're left with loss, it can do a lot of things to us. And what Allison chose to do is to step into this love more deeply. And she has, and she has this incredible mission. She's called Odyssey of Love. So I want to introduce you to this incredible woman. I want you to get something from this today. I want you to dial into this story and I want you to draw meaning for your own life. Help me welcome Allison Miller to the Flashpoint TV show. Hi, Austin. Hi, everyone. Allison, it's so good to connect with you. We've talked before. Yes. You know, I'm so glad you were available because you were tra you just traveled back from the West Coast or not the yes. coast, the West. From the West, almost the West Coast. Yeah, I just came from Arizona uh, and I just got to Connecticut uh, night before last. So uh, it was about a week and a half I took to get from Arizona traveling along I-10, and it was an absolutely magical, magical uh, road trip for me. I didn't have my trailer this time, so I thought, well, maybe it won't be as magical, but it was just as magical. And that's when I realized, you know what, this is not just about having my trailer. It's this entire odyssey of love. It's just, it's my mission. So I still have my pink car at least, right? And how long have you been on the, how long have you been on the road now? How many years? Well, until the pandemic hit, I'd been on the road for eight years on my own. And uh, all told, though, with my last four years with Chuck, it was 12 years. 12 years. Yeah. Allison, I, I want to share your story with the, with the world here on my platform. And for those, so for those of you listening that do not know Allison, I would, Allison, I'd love for you to share your story because it's so incredibly heartfelt. It's so moving. Are you willing to take us back a little bit? Oh, absolutely. A hundred percent. Yeah. I'd love to get the genesis of this because as people are listening, how could, how could you live on the road for 12 years? Like number I one, know. <laughs> right. And, and you, okay. So I'm going to turn it over to you. Cause I want to, I want to just see, let you share okay. this incredible story. Um, I'm the least likely person to have been living on the road uh, on my own for uh, eight years since Chuck's death, because I'm not a camper. Uh, and yet I've been camping and living in a trailer all, all this time and work camping, you know, working seasonal jobs. Uh, Chuck and I sold everything in 09 and left New Jersey. We sold our house, all of our belongings and went out on the road together. And we had our last four years exploring. Uh, we drove in our car and we stayed at military bases primarily and, and uh, at hotels. When he died, I wanted to continue staying out on the road because I couldn't imagine settling down without him where he had never been. So uh, I ended up buying a tiny little trailer, Tab Teardrop, and I had a color created, customized for me, a shade of pink customized for me. And I painted my car in that color and the trim on my trailer that color. Um, I told Chuck before he died that I was going to do that. I, I was going to stay on the road. I'd paint my car pink so he could find me out there on the road. And and I remember Chuck just looking at me with a little smile on his lips and saying, well, I'll be looking for you. And so I set out on the road with this customized shade of pink. It's called Chuck's Watching Over Me Pink. And I knew that grief is isolating. And I mm. was devastated. I didn't know how to live without him. I thought, well, if I paint my car pink and my trailer pink, people will 
it will attract people to me and it will keep me from isolating myself. Even if I want to do that, other people will approach me. And isolation is one of the, it's one of the things we want most to do in grief. It's also one of the most damaging things that we can do in grief if we do it on a continual basis. So pink is going to attract people to me. And I started writing about my odyssey, what became my odyssey of love, uh, writing about it on my uh, odyssey of love Facebook page and uh, in a blog. And um, that was my way of letting people know that I was still here because I felt like I'd disappeared because the devastation was so intense and it all did what I wanted it to do. Um, it pushed my limits. It pushed my comfort zones, my safety levels. It challenged everything that was in me to keep on suiting up and showing up every day. But I knew that was the way to do it was in a trailer rather than settling down somewhere. Allison, this is so incredible. And, and the thing is that this to me, like it's universal. It's, it's not just about grief. It's, a, it's about, well, it, it, I guess it is in some level because we all grieve at something. We're all feeling some kind of a pain yes. and we, it, it has the tendency to keep us in ourselves, in our own rhythms to follow maybe the path of everyone else. And so here you are, I mean, you, you lose, and I wrote about this in the thing, this is the love of your life. Like yeah. You, you experienced like what, what most people would never experience is love, passion, friendship, camaraderie, uh, you know, all these things, being able to retire together and travel. And, and the thing is, I'm thinking to myself, when you set out to do this, you probably thought this is the best ever. You didn't think like when you started this journey that four years later, you were going to be dealing with this incredible uh, life altering thing. Never. We, yeah. we, Chuck and I used to talk. I thought we probably, given our ages, because um, he was still in his fifties when he left the when he uh, left civil service. He was former uh, active duty Air Force. Air Force. He's a, he's a, I mean, he, he was a veteran, right? Yes. Or active duty. And so yeah. I thought that we had probably because we were both in good health and took care of our health. I thought we had at least twenty years. I also I had worked in hospice, so I and I'd had. A, numerous uh, deaths in my own family, uh, my family of origin. And so I was very well acquainted with death. But you get into this, you know, you just don't, You, I thought about it, but it's like, but this is us. And so we're going to have maybe 20 more years of having this adventurous life together. And um, for, and it was just shy of four years in, we dealt with one cancer diagnosis and he got through it with a uh, um, numerous surgeries and, and everything else. And we thought, okay, he was the first survivor that I'd ever known, first cancer survivor. But then a year and a half later, it roared back and um, and it just ate him up and spit him out in three weeks. I, I can't even imagine what, what that felt like um, to, to go through the initial, to think you, you, you're you thinking in your mind, you got 20 years and, and then this, and then you overcome and then it comes back and then you're you're just on this roller coaster that just kind of rips you open yeah right it shredded me. unexpected way and uh, now you we talked about this before and by the way if you know somebody that is going through grief at any level i want you to please share this with them because this is going to be it might be just exactly what they need it might give a little bit of light if they're in a dark place but you are in this like vacuum, if you will, this kind of void of like, I don't even know what to say, like broken pieces or, or just completely having 
life ripped the ripped yeah. the rug out from under you and what 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 did you do in this pain like what 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 did you do like i mean i can only imagine that you're fe- obviously you're feeling the the effects of it. it it was like a meat slicer in my chest it was like if wow. a, a metal like a robotic can of metal you know metal with talons on it had reached into my chest and grasped my heart and pulled it with force out and thrown it on the ground and then somebody with a like a, a meat cleaver or one you know some or, or a, a, a a dull-edged axe was t- hacking away at my heart as it was on the ground while I was still bleeding freely from my chest. That doesn't really describe the depths of it, but that's... Yeah, and by the way, we're going to shoot straight here because if you know, if you've dealt with grief, you know that it's, it doesn't, it's not, it doesn't come wrapped in what even some of the counselors, right? It's just it doesn't. completely unscripted. It's completely it's a unique experience and that's why what you're doing is so important. So you're at this place. What, ha- like what got you to the point where I'm going to go on and I um, like to, to be able to get the courage to never somebody who didn't like camping. <laughs> like that's what I find incredible. You didn't even like camping and you get pulled for lack. You, you get pulled into this, into this direction I'd love for you to talk about that because what pulled you from that place where you're, you feel like your heart's ripped out to now you're, you're traveling on the, you're on the road for, uh, well, eight years by, by yourself. What, uh, what changed? Like what, what turned around? You know, I didn't know what else to do after Chuck died. We were in Southern California. We didn't have a home for me to return to. I didn't want to settle down without him. I thought, well, the only place that I maybe will find a connection with him again is out there on the road. I remember he told me when I told him I was going to paint my car pink, well, I'll be looking for you. I don't necessarily, I don't literally believe all of that. Of course, I don't know what I believe about an afterlife, but I thought, okay, he loved me. But I actually, I wasn't even at that point yet. In those raw stages, three weeks after he died, all I had was my car, my old car. So I knew that I wanted to give Chuck full military honors with a memorial service out of McGuire Air Force Base back on the East Coast. So that was my ultimate goal was to get there. So three weeks after he died, I carried everything downstairs from the condo we'd rented. I got in the car. I turned the ignition. I just took all of all of that with me because like all of the grief, the pain, the deficit, all of that. What what it was coming with me. You can't leave this stuff behind. It comes with you. I don't care if you make that decision. Well, I'm not going to be this way. Well, you know what? It's there. And so I just packed it up and I took it with me. I was doing nothing conscious. It was all just survivor mode. And you just go. It's robotic because there's shock and trauma and everything else going on. So I got in my car and I started driving with my ultimate goal being the East Coast. And I went back there and it was seven months later, I stopped different places along the way to visit our kids and stuff. And I got there and all this while, my car was already painted pink. I had it um, painted pink in uh, Arizona. I bought a new one because I wanted to have a trusty car on the road. And I remembered what I told Chuck. So I called up, a, I found a guy in the, in the yellow pages and I explained my story that my husband had just died and I need a, I need you to create a shade of pink for me. And he did that. And um, 
and he gave me the paint can. He had named it for me. I was not the one who named it. This man, Anthony, um, from Ortega Garage. What did he name the color again? Chuck's watching over me pink. And he said, I named it that so that you will have Chuck all around you when you go back out on the road. I know you're scared. I know you're all of these things. This is my part that I can do to help you know that Chuck is all around you. Wow. And that's what he did. And so I had the paint can with me. And I started writing about, I didn't write anything. I just, it was stream of consciousness. Right. Um, Which I is a style needed, of writing. Yes. I just yeah. needed people to know that I was out here. And, and I wrote honestly about it because how else could I write? This was, this was my experience at the time. I was not going to hide it from anybody to make others feel good. This yeah. was about me and my grief at this time. Yes. And it wasn't up to me to make others feel better about, and not, I mean, nobody was, I mean, some people said a few things while well, you're all, you're, you know, you're writing about this because our, our world expects you, they give you some time to grieve. And even though they say, well, there's no timeline to grief in their minds, there is. And sure. so they're starting to say, you know, eh, maybe you ought to be moving further along and you should do this and you should do that. And I determined, and, and I had to fight for myself every day, but I determined this is mine. These are my shoes I'm standing in. This yes. was my husband. I'm doing this my way. Yes. Yeah, I just really, uh, it's, a, it's a powerful story. And I want to just say hello to Emilio, Jenna, Daniela. Welcome to the program. If you're on the program, please give Allison some love. If you met her, if you're just meeting her for the first time, it's an incredible story. Uh, and I want to talk about this, this uh, transformation of going from this place and, and to being out on the road for eight years by yourself and how that uh, you got to that place of, of creating this odyssey of love. Was there like, was there a moment when you just felt th that, you know, where you, you, you kind of embodied this or you, you felt some kind of a validation of what you were doing because uh, originally, from what I remember, that you know, Chuck said he he basically said go back to these places. Yes. Right. Because as it said, in yes. the, and I'll share the video again here. As a matter of fact, why don't we do that right now? Let me share this again, and then we'll we'll come back and talk about it. Can okay. We, let me go back and share that one more time. This odyssey of love that I've been on for the past six and a half years. It's like a puzzle, really, and I've put the pieces together only as I've traveled the many miles around our country, honoring Chuck's final request to scatter his cremains at our favorite places that we'd traveled to. Pieces of that puzzle have come together kind of on their own, and I say on their own because what I've primarily done is suit up and show up, as Chuck said we all have to do. He knew that he loved me, he knew that he was dying, and that I was the kind of woman who would need a mission after his death to keep me going. The first promise I'd made to him was that I'd paint my car pink so that he could find me out on the road. A pink car towing a pink trailer, I knew that would bring people to me, if only out of curiosity, and it would keep me from isolating myself. I'm not going to just settle for what for me would be an ordinary life. Even with more grief than you can bear to carry, you can still keep your heart open and you can go out and love.
Allison, when I hear you say I'm not going to be settled for what would be an ordinary life, it just moves me. Uh, I got chills. And you see what I did, right? Yep. I got my hat, my Sedona hat, because yep. uh, I figured I'd put this on for the show because I, you know, I, I talked to you before about Sedona and you've been there and I, I finally got a chance to get out there and you and I met out there yes. before I went out there. And I want to, I want you to just talk about this, this love and how you, you go from this place and, and like, do you feel like when you think about this in this loss, like what's the level of love you feel like compared to, you know, when you were with Chuck till now, I'd like what, what, and, and how is this mission opening up right now? I mean, and I also want to talk about that clip cause that's, that's a documentary you did. We're yes. called a loveumentary, right? Yes. Yeah. It's um the level of love that I have for Chuck. Now I'm still in love with, with my husband, it's just very inconvenient that he's hashtag dead. That's how I always say yeah, it. And because yeah. I do have a dark sense of humor. But the yeah. thing is, where this love is now, there's all of this love and passion with nowhere to go. And so I take it out into the world. The love that I have for Chuck that has continued to grow in these years, it's sacred to me. It is absolutely sacred. It isn't about putting him up on a cloud and clapping a halo on his head and, you know, making him, you know, this, this, uh, this being that could never exist on earth. I know what Chuck was in real life and I've taken everything he was to me and to the world. And it's that sacredness now. And there's a sacredness in grief. There's a sacredness that really is in the love that is grief. And so I have used that to, to power me on, to power me, just to keep me moving. I'm not moving on. I'm not moving forward. I'm just moving with. And he left so much love behind me. So I've taken that and, and I take the, I, it truly is sacred to me what I now take out into the world in, yes. in, in making the documentary. Every moment of that was sacred because it was yeah. this, this point I had to reach in my life. Yes with my odyssey of love in making that. Yes. And I, and, and that, that is felt, we had the opportunity to watch this. You opened it up, you invited us in. I had a, some people here watched it. Jenna, uh, the documentary was so amazing. It's really moving. You, you saw a clip of it, Mandy, if you're watching, you might be watching on the private group, uh, come over to the public page. Cause I'd love to see your comments. Mandy always has such great reflections on things like this, a very deep thinker. Um, but I, I love the fact that because I got chills because it's a lot of people just they sit and lament and they don't do anything. Right. Some people do stuff, but you, you you took this and it's a testament to Chuck, really, because the love was so impactful that it's almost like. It's almost like the love's going to going to pour out no matter what, like, yeah. Right. It's and, yes. and you just you become a vehicle. Yes. Literally and figuratively. Right. You, you you're, yes. you're in this vehicle and you're driving all over. And, you know, I wish I, I could get a picture. We, we should have a picture of your if you can send me. Uh, maybe I can upload it, but a picture of your vehicle with all the signatures on it. Oh. You know, um, with all the signatures of all the people yes. all over the uh, United States that you've met that you you've poured out and, and people have watched your journey. And, and by the way, this is not only people 
who are like women who've lost their husbands. You, you, your journey transcends that now. Yes. It's the, so it was somewhere in the third year of my odyssey of love. And it, it kind of over time, I realized this is an odyssey of love. You know, it, it, it's all those puzzle pieces that were put into place. And somewhere around the third year, I started realizing this is not just about me and my grief. It is not just about my and Chuck's love story. It's also about by then I'd been meeting a lot of other widowed people. So I started inviting them to send the names of their person to me writing them on my rig. And then I realized, you know what, this is not about just widows. This is about anybody who's grieving. And then I thought, this is not about grief at all. This is about love. And so by that time, people that I met. People that I met, you know, at, at roadside stops, at gas stations, at parks, you know, uh, campsites, they were writing messages of love because I always carried the pens with me. And I'd say, would you like to write something on my trailer? Which goes against like, you can't write on your car, your trailer. The resale value is nothing at that point. Well, I'm never going to sell it. And so I just had the pens and I said, write whatever you want on it. And they would write these strong messages and people have sent me the names. It's, it's um, women who are, were widowed from 9-11. So on the back of my rig is... It's honoring my veteran, Master Sergeant Chuck Deering. I always, whatever names that I get of um, first responders, of military veterans and children, because I have a lot of children's names on it, because parents send me the names of their children, those all go on the back. And that's my, my point of honor, so to speak. And, and then the sides in the front, thousands of names. I have two notebooks filled with names. Yeah. Let me just jump in. Um, if you want to go to Allison's website, it's an odysseyoflove.com. The documentary is going to be coming out again at the end of June. Yes. Stay tuned for the dates. I'll be sharing it. Make sure you connect with, with Allison. Allison, I want to grab a flashpoint, if you will. Okay. That's the, the show. And the, and the flashpoint is this visceral moment. It's a, it's a moment where you, you feel it at, at your core, like every level. Do you remember a moment in this journey where you felt this incredible love, you know, from head to toe kind of validated what that your life with Chuck and, and what you're doing right now. Do, do you know, like, can you recall a moment when this happened for you? I do. Um, I first, the first moment that I realized was that um, was after I did a mud run, I trained for it. Mud run. Which a blood run. once again, not me. I don't exercise. I don't know none of that. Hey, look, uh, hold on. Allison's not a camper. She lives out of a, a camper. She's been on a camper for years. She doesn't do exercise, but she's doing a mud run. So you get the theme here out of your comfort zone. Yes. Right, Allison, I love it. That's what it is. So I did a mud run. It was after I did that mud run and I wrote, um, I wrote a blog about it um, called not the finish line. I realized I guess all that all up till that moment, I'd thought, okay, if I do this enough, if I accomplish all these things, if I sweat enough, if I hurt enough, all of this, if I crawl to that finish line, even if my knees are bloodied, then there will be a reward. The powers that be will say, look what you did and you persevered. And at the end of that, on the other side of the finish line would be Chuck. So I had been thinking that all this time, like keep doing, doing, doing. It was at that moment I realized there is no finish line to this. 
There is no finish. And so I kind of started, then I started driving almost in that vacuum, but there was a, there was two moments actually. One was when uh, it was maybe somewhere in my sixth year, I was at an intersection in somewhere in Indiana in farm country. And I was at that four way intersection and there's a song that came on my um, playlist called carry you carry me. And I just said, fortunately, nobody was behind me. I sat there and I thought, wow, this is what I'm doing. This is truly my mission, as Chuck and I had discussed. I was, it was just this, this all enveloping. All enveloping. And so. Froze, or I froze. Oh, yeah, you did. Oh, yeah. Did you, did you cry? I had tears. I remember getting on and doing a live feed because it was so powerful. I needed to connect with people. We have two minutes. If somebody can grab that song, Carry You, Carry Me. Do you know who the artist is? I have no idea. I didn't even know who the song was. We're going to post it. Mandy, I love your comments. Crawl to the finish. You know, and and the one thing I'm picking up here, and I'm just going to share it with everyone, embrace the contrast. Yes. You know, uh, the contrast of being in this deep, dark place is they're almost one in the same. Uh, and I know that sounds weird. I don't want to get too deep, but in this you can see Allison's incredible story of going through something like this and living out this mission every day, traveling, do, doing things way out of the comfort zone. And, and that to me is the, is the, the action behind it uh, where it, it sometimes it's like, you're intentional, but there's sometimes you probably feel like the wave is just taking you. Oh, yeah. Am I right? Yes, absolutely. So final thoughts. We have a minute. Final thoughts. You know what? I quote Christina Rasmussen from Second First. You can do the impossible because you can do the impossible because you have been through the unbearable. Somebody type that in. You can do the impossible because you have been through the unbearable. Therein lies the contrast. Everyone, we love you. Embrace the contrast. Connect with Allison. Share this with somebody who's going through something. This is way beyond grief. Like Allison said, Allison, what is this about? It's all about the audacity of love. The audacity of love. Uh, I'm going to play a little little commercial. I'm going to say goodbye to you. We love you. We'll see you next week for Flashpoint Friday and our live event is coming up. Bye for now. He explains things in a way that I've never heard before. So it helps us to have like uh, an open mind and look at things differently than we're used to looking at them. Austin J. Haynes event Flashpoint has really transformed my life. It's just remarkable to be with people that are uplifting and it's dreary out and it's fabulous to be here. Some of the different exercises we did made me feel liberated um, and break through some things that I needed to break through and, and actually some things I realized about myself that I did not realize about. So it's been amazing. It was an honor and a privilege to learn from you. If you have an opportunity to come to an Austin Hayes event, don't hesitate.